What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimwing here with y'all. As always, remember you can catch the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast. Also watch on YouTube, and if you're doing so, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you have not already. Subscribe to the podcast on all the various platforms. Leave the five-star reviews where you can as well. All of that helps us grow the show tremendously. Busy show here tonight. We've got a big weekend ahead, and we've got some midweek contests to talk about. And we're going to start things off there, and we'll hit on a Cornell real quick here, 17 to 8 over Hobart in the 140th meeting between the Big Red and the Statesman. The Big Red now head to Columbus, Ohio uh, with a 4 0 record. Yeah, with a 4 0 record uh, this Saturday. Uh, Ohio State with a, with a 3 and 3 and 1, I believe it is. Coming off of that loss to uh, Virginia down there in Naples. If you missed it, we previewed that contest on Tuesday's show. Uh, So you can go back and listen to that one. uh, But we'll preview most of the other contests. uh, Certainly the big ones. we got three big ones to really dive into. And about five or six others to to touch on um, here and there on tonight's show. Uh, but but that one Cornell wins on on Tuesday night in that contest. They now go to Ohio State uh, with a four and O record. CJ Coast eleven point outing in that contest on Tuesday night. Seven goals, four assists in that game. Aiden Blake goes two and one. Brian Piatelli goes two and one. J.J. Lombardi, 1-2. and two. This offense looks like it is uh, revolving. It is flourishing as we, uh, you know, as we saw it do at times last season. The ball movement continues to be very good. So, again, as I mentioned on Tuesday, a very interesting contest down there. Uh, we will be up in Columbus this weekend. The biggest midweek contest, though, by far, was the rivalry game on Wednesday night between Loyola and Towson. And what do you know? This one is an instant classic. Going to overtime, Nick DeMeo forces overtime with his third goal of the contest with about, was it, three or Five minutes left in the game in regulation. Uh, Both these defenses, I thought, played very well, especially down the stretch. Luke Stout made, I think, 12 saves in the game. Had a huge one there for Loyola in the overtime period to stop the Towson shot. Gets the Greyhounds that game-winning possession would eventually be the game-winning possession there. Adam Poitras with the game winner. This was a great game all around. Again, I thought the Loyola defense 
played fantastic, especially down the stretch there. I thought the Towson defense played fantastic, especially down the stretch. Both of these teams in the final three, four minutes of the game had opportunities to put this one away in overtime, uh, but those defenses stood tall and, and, again, was another fantastic chapter in what has been a really, really good rivalry series between those two Baltimore area schools. Adam Poitras on the day with, believe, was uh, his second or third goal that he had there as the game winner comes off the big little there behind the cage to get the win. You had Evan James with a hat trick, Matthew Minikis, two goals and two assists. Minikis was kind of quiet there for early on in this contest, and it's going, I believe it was late in the second. He ends up having a really good day there. Uh, DeMeo had a hat trick there for Towson. Matt Cossonides, a, a phenomenal day at the faceoff dot for the Towson Tigers. And we talked about this last season. Towson has finally figured out the faceoff dot. They've finally gotten uh, a, a guy there. And, and since 2019, hadn't been very good at the faceoff dot. Cossonides, as a freshman last season, steps up is huge. I believe he was a freshman last year. Uh, yes, he was. Another solid start to the season here for him in 2023. He goes 66% on the day, 18 for 27 in this contest. He also had himself a goal as well, if I'm not mistaken, in that one. Again, a solid back-and-forth contest between these two. Towson took an early 3-0 lead. Loyola gets back into it. They're up at the half by one, and it was a battle back-and-forth the entire time. Uh, Royal gets the win there, though, 12-11 to 11 in overtime to, again, write another great chapter in what has been a great rivalry there between the Loyola Greyhounds and the Towson Tigers. Rutgers 20, St. John's 6. Not much to say about this one. Cal, uh, Rutgers runs away with it there. I will say St. John's. They made it 6-5 to five at one point. They were down by one, uh, but they would never score again. That was in the uh, in the you know, 3.49 left in the first half. Uh, Brian Kelly feeds Luke Mangan for a man-up score, and it's a 6-5 game. But St. John's never finds back to the net again on the night as Rutgers gets the 20-6 victory. They lost Scott five goals to assist. Monmouth with a 9-4 win over Wagner in a defensive battle there on another Tuesday night contest uh, between those two. And it's been a, two years now of pretty good games between the Hawks and the Seahawks. Third consecutive victory on the year for Monmouth. There, Danny Brady, 17 saves there uh, for Wagner in the game. Ty Caffarelli, four goals on the day for Monmouth. Andrew Coleman made 12 saves there for the Hawks. Defense, we have also seen UMBC beat St. Bonaventure 13-4. to And today... Marquette beats Detroit Mercy 10-5 in a game that was 
not streamed and a lot closer than I thought it would be. Devin Cowan, three goals, one assist there for the Golden Eagles as they get the win in that one. All right, moving on to the weekend here. And, you know, again, we previewed the Cornell-Ohio State game on Tuesday's show, so you can go back and listen to that one for my uh, breakdown of that game. Notre Dame-Maryland. The number one game of the weekend goes down in College Park. These teams have faced each other twice uh, each of the last three. uh, Excuse me. They've played every year since 2014. Obviously, used to be ACC. Uh, oh, no, actually, they were not. They were not because Notre Dame came in afterwards. Um, but there might have been a one-year overlap there. But uh, that's great. Notre Dame came in afterwards. So, um, Maryland and Notre Dame, two of the best teams in college class right now. Number one, number two matchup, if not mistaken. A top three matchup for sure uh, this Weekend there in College Park, they've played three times. They've played every year since 2014. Maryland has won each of the last three meetings with the last two, 2021-2022, coming by an average margin of one and a half goals. So this has been an extremely, extremely tight contest uh, series between these two squads past couple of years. That 2021 game was in the NCAA quarterfinals up there as Maryland went to the national title game and fell that year. Last season, they played in the regular season. Maryland goes to South Bend, and it's the closest game that Maryland plays all year until that national title game against Cornell as the Irish uh, hold them to two goals on the contests. Uh, not two goals, but uh, lose by two goals, I should say. 11-9 to nine victory there for Maryland. This, I, I'm interested in this game very much, though, about what kind of game are we going to see. So, Maryland, obviously, with Ajax Epitello, with Brett Maycall, you've got two eraser-type defensemen there. You have got Brian Rupel, who had a phenomenal day in cage uh, over the weekend in his first career start against Princeton in that big one there uh, on the road. You've got a bunch of short-stick defensive middies, Dante Trader, uh, Donovan Lacey, like, a whole bunch of guys that they can play there and have been successful through this season. Offensively, we've seen, you know, Daniel Kelly, Owen Murphy, all these guys step up throughout the season. Jack Corliss, um, all, all of these guys step up here in 2023 as this unit continues to come together. Luke Wheelman is at the faceoff dot. And we'll talk about that here in a second. Maryland's a very good team. They're a top five, top three team for a reason. Notre Dame, on the other hand, has the Kavanaugh brothers, has Eric Dobson, Riley Gray, all these guys offensively that have been able to contribute, and especially the Kavanaugh brothers being able to contribute heavily here 
early on in this season. You've got Liam Intamin and Cage. You've got Chris Conlon and Chris Fake, two of the top transfer defensemen there from the transfer portal uh, cycle last year in South Bend. You have got Brian Tevlin, arguably the uh, you know one of the top two-way midfielders in the country. And I don't think I've mentioned this. He picked up a poll. I don't know if it was just um, the the one clip I saw that he did that, but he picked up a poll on I believe it was Man Down uh, in one of their games this year. So I, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to watch that. Um, I know someone had told me that he's he's doing that like full time this year for them. It is a poll on Man Down. Um, if that, I mean that's that's phenomenal. That is a true. Swiss Army Knife player. Again, I'm going to have to go look and see if that is what they're doing every time on Man Down, if that was just a couple occasions. But uh, the true Swiss Army Knife guy there in Brian Tevlin, another transfer uh, from Yale, him and Fake, uh, came over together uh, there as grad transfers to Notre Dame. Both of these teams have talent out the wazoo. And I just named some of the top end talent there. They've got depth, and they've got layers of it. Notre Dame and Maryland, two of the best programs in the country. Going back to my initial, what I said about this game, what kind of game is it going to be? With the defenses that these teams have, it could be a defensive battle, right? Like Notre Dame, and I know they played Georgetown last week, and look, Georgetown, I will still say, is a good team. They're still figuring things out, but they're still a good team. They blew them out of the water. They blew Cleveland State out of the water. They blew Marquette out. This is the best team that Notre Dame has faced and that that offense has faced. This is going to be, I think, the true test during the regular season for this Notre Dame offense and how efficient it can be, and how deep it can be. Because, look, you're going to put, you know, Zappatello, Makar, whoever it is, you're going to put them on on Pat Kavanaugh, and you're going to try to shut that attack line down. You're going to try to hold them as best as you can. And if I look back, we put the stat sheet, from last season, this was a game 11 to 9 in this contest. And again, a Maryland, uh, a Notre Dame team that was pretty still, still kind of come together. This is one of those games where we saw more depth have to step up offensively. I believe they had held Pat Kavanaugh um, for a while. Yeah, they held him to one goal. It, it was. In that first half of play, he had two goals on the day. Um, and look, the Kavanaugh's are, are doing what they're doing. They're playing great lacrosse right now. Uh, if anybody has an offense, if anyone has a defense that's going to stop what Notre Dame's offense has done with the Kavanaugh brothers, Dobson, uh, Gray, all of these guys on that roster up and down who've gotten production throughout the season, it's Maryland. Maryland is the is the defense that is going to be able to stop anybody. We saw the day they just had with Princeton. 
And that's an offense that we saw in its first, was it two games, have loads of guys get on the score sheet. And even in a, in a comeback win, uh, they did so the last uh, midweek against Manhattan. Going to be a very interesting contest in how this plays out. And that is the biggest thing I'm watching there is the matchup between the Maryland defense and the Notre Dame offense, and particularly that attack unit. I have a feeling that we might see the Notre Dame midfield come to life a bit more than we have had to see uh, in you know, prior weeks here for the Irish, and, and they've got the guys to do it for sure. As far as Maryland is concerned, I think what you want to see is them come out a bit faster. And, you know, they had a slow start last week, and they were eventually able to kind of get, get around to things. I think you want to see them come out faster. And that's true on both sides because both of these defenses are going to be some of the toughest that either of these teams face all season, at least in the regular season. So uh, this is going to be a battle. It's It's been a battle the past couple of seasons. And I expect the same thing here on Saturday. Now, another area to watch here is the face-off dot. So last season, Luke Wheelman goes 18 for 24 at the dot against Will Lynch. Will Lynch, I think, has shown some improvement here through the early parts of the season. Uh, we're going to see really, really how that improvement is on Saturday against Maryland and Luke Wheelman, who has had a, a, a tremendous season so far. And we, real quick, pull up. Yeah, so Will Lynch struggled against Georgetown, but has been pretty good against the other uh, teams. And again, James Riley's a tough matchup. Will Lynch, a sophomore. You want to see him continue to get better. If he improves, certainly, from what he did last year against this Maryland team, uh, I'll take that as improvement for sure if he improves just an incremental bit there. Next game here to talk about is Princeton and Georgetown. Speaking of James Riley, that's another uh, face-off battle there uh, to watch this weekend is Georgetown and Princeton. Uh, James Riley has been very strong. You've had Tyler Sandoval. And Kobe Ginder be a solid one-two punch there for Princeton. Uh, we'll see how that battle goes there at the dot in that one. Uh, some other, really the biggest thing I'm watching here is, so both of these teams are, are looking to bounce back in this win. Both of these teams are looking for statement wins. And I think, like I know some people say, well, Georgetown's not ranked. I still think Princeton beating Georgetown would be a statement win for them, considering how they lost last week and if they're able to come back. And if they can do even remotely what Notre Dame did to Georgetown last week, that's going to be uh, very, very impressive. That is going to move the needle as far as this Princeton team is concerned. And remember, I said, I talked about this Princeton defense has been very solid. The offense we know can score. When you've got 
guys like Walter Matheson, when you have got Vidala, when you've got Brandon Salas, all of these guys there offensively that have shown the ability to put up points at will early in the season. Uh, Princeton, it, they can score. What I'm looking for in this Princeton team is like, coming out with that velocity. They've started slow the first couple of games. They started slow against Manhattan. They started slow against Maryland. They were able to come back against Manhattan and get the win. They did not do that against Maryland. They never were able to come back in that game. This is, again, a good defense. Danny Hinks, a veteran goalie there in cage for Georgetown, the Dartmouth transfer. You've got Will Bowen, the reigning Schmeiser Award winner there. Right? Like This is a team, this is a defense that can give you a lot of trouble. Now, Georgetown has not been playing up to the preseason standard of them through this point in the season. I, I honestly feel like Georgetown and Notre Dame, in some respects, have reversed roles from last season. Uh, Georgetown's 0-3 through, uh, no, no, heading into the last week of the first month of the season. And, um, yeah, we'll see if the Hoyas can bounce back. And that's the biggest thing for me with Georgetown in this one is can they bounce back? And the biggest question is probably offensively. Like, I think the defense can produce. We know Riley can produce at the dot. What is the offense going to be? I think I mentioned last week, like, over half those shots came from Bundy or Dordovic. I want to see that offense spread out. I want to see that production more spread out. Bundy and Dordovic are great players to lead the offense for sure, but they've got to get everything else, everybody else coming into the fold as well. Depth was an issue for Georgetown last season. Is it an issue again here this season? So far, and I've said before, so far it appears yes at certain positions, at certain spots. You want to see them continue to address that. And certainly the Hoyos are looking to get a win here. Uh, last point I'll mention here, uh, Griffin Rackauer has started the first half of games for Princeton this season. Michael Gina Ficaro has started the second half. What happened the second half last week? Well, Maryland's offense caught fire, and you lose the game. Maryland offense, the Princeton defense, was able to hold them at bay for the uh, majority of that first half. Well, they have two goals at the half, I believe it was, two or three goals at the half. And Rackauer, I, I, uh, I, excuse me, I think played very well, and I think he played better than Jennifer Carlo in that game. What Princeton does at, at the goalie spot this Saturday and moving forward is uh, something that is very much something I am going to very much be watching here this weekend and as we move throughout this season, what that goalie situation is going to look like there at Princeton. One of the more interesting storylines here personnel-wise uh, in this early portion of the season and, and very early portion for the Ivy League. Remember, Princeton beat Georgetown 
last season, so the Hoyas looking to return the favor here in 2023. I believe that was the game Princeton had like an ungodly amount of ground balls, and, and, and their midfielders were able to outrun Georgetown, and, and, and the depth they had at that position came in handy. And um, yeah, they got that depth once again here. Uh, when you look at Jake Stevens and and all of those guys that can run both ways, be impact players all over the field there for the Tigers. Next game I want to talk about here is Penn and Penn State. So Penn coming off the 14-12 loss to Duke last week. It got its offense going in the third quarter. And credit to them for that. Hanley was clamped down uh, there against Wilson Stevenson on Saturday against Duke. How this offense flows between Hanley, Gagal, Smith, and the others is going to be interesting here. And, like, remember this. And I was talking to someone about this earlier this week. Penn's schedule's tough. They always have, and they always will. As long as Mike Murphy's their head coach, they will schedule as tough as anyone in the country. They, they just will. It's what they do. Also, as long as Mike Murphy is the head coach there, this team will progressively get better as the season goes on. They might start slow a year or two. They might start fast a year or two. It, it, it's the natural progression of a Penn team. And they naturally, as the season goes on, consistently get deeper. They did so last year. They did, and 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 they did so use prior. So I want to see if Penn, Hugens, Penn State can get back in the win column and continue to develop. And, and if this really is, and I think it is, pretty certain it is. Penn just developing and you know getting into its groove here early in the season, obviously with the loss to Duke last week. And they beat Georgetown in the opener, uh, but it was a was it nine to seven game and and a game in which defense was very much the name of it uh there two Saturdays ago. Penn State, on the other hand, is looking for a second upset of an Ivy League team in a row. Uh, this is a big opportunity for Penn State. This is a big opportunity for Penn State. They beat Yale last week. Their defense, I thought, played fantastic. We talked about that at length on uh, Sunday's show. Jack Flacone played very well in cage, had, what, 15 saves on the contest. believe it was. I'm very interested in in what Penn State can do here. Uh, They continue to uh, show their offensive prowess there. Uh, Was it uh, Matt Trainer, I believe, had five goals on the day? And we know what they've got with guys like Chris Jordan, Kevin Winkoff, a lot of those transfers that have come in there. Uh, This is a good Penn State team. This is a Penn State team that is better than last year. Penn State lost this game by one last season. If they can turn things around, uh, here, after beating Yale again, and then they can, if they can beat Penn, and they've got Cornell coming up as well, uh, this is a really 
really important early season stretch here for Penn State where they can prove a lot. They can prove a lot. Um, and, and they certainly want to do so coming off of that season that was last year uh, with only four wins there in 2022. I think Penn State has an upper hand on the faceoff dot. Who wins the battle in the middle of the field? Riding, clearing, that such. I feel like it's pretty even in this contest. And to be honest, I feel like it's pretty even throughout. Um, now, I think Penn, you know, we, we've seen Penn play very good in between the boxes uh, over the past couple of seasons. I think Penn could get an upper hand there. Um, but if you watched last week, you know, Yale usually rides pretty well and, and usually gets some of those goody plays to go their way. And, and Penn State was able to uh, able to neutralize that as best as they could. I uh, said on Sunday's show, Penn State is looking as good as they have since 2019 when they went to the uh, went to the semifinals and championship weekend. I'm not saying this team is that, but this is a team that's going to bounce back that has bounced back pretty good so far from last season, and they're going to look to continue to do that here on Saturday against Penn. Rival Penn, I should say. Now, Syracuse and Carolina started the first, uh, played the first conference game last season. The Patriot League also opens conference play this weekend. You've got Lehigh and Navy in the most high-profile matchup. That's a game that is going to be very, very interesting. The Mountain Hawks sitting at 2-1, and one, coming off that 12-5 to five loss over Cornell. Navy, on the other hand, coming off two losses. They're 3-2. Fell at a high point, 13-12 last week. Fell to Manhattan a week before. Both these teams are hungry. Both these teams, I feel, are like that 25 to 30 range in terms of rankings. I should say 21 to 20, like six or seven, believe, is where they kind of fit in the rankings there. So both these teams are very good and very capable. They have offenses that are very capable when you look at what we've seen with. Uh, Christian Mule and Scott Cole there at Lehigh, and then Xavier Arline and uh, the, the bunch there, Pat, Patrick Skolniak, Dane Swanson, Haley, a ton of talent there with that Navy offense now coordinated by uh, Mike Phipps. So uh, this is this is a game that is going to be very, very interesting and certainly the most compelling of the uh, opening weekend games in the Patriot League. Loyola will host uh, Lafayette. Boston U welcomes in Colgate. And Army uh, will travel to Holy Cross. The Army game has been moved to Sunday. One of the many games moved this weekend due to the unfortunate weather uh, up there in the uh, New England area. We wouldn't know much of that here in Kentucky. It's been 75 degrees yesterday. 50 today. Yeah, it's what it is. It's spring weather. 
the Ohio Valley, you never know. North Carolina, another place where it's pretty warm right now compared to up in the East Coast. Welcomes in Denver on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Why they're playing at 11 a.m., I'm not sure. But hey, we get lacrosse and it's streamed ACC Network Extra. This is going to be interesting. Both of these teams coming off bounce back wins there. Um, I didn't, if you're listening, I did the kind of the air quotes. I didn't really need to do that, but I, yeah, bounce back wins for sure for, for both these teams. Uh, North Carolina coming off of the win over Syracuse and Denver coming off of the win over Merrimack. We'll be interested to see who takes this one. And uh, I'm really interested to see both of these offenses go to work as they continue to uh, develop throughout this season. I'm also very interested to see what this North Carolina defense can continue to do. We saw them have a very good game on Saturday, especially uh, in the second half. They're being able to hold off the Orange. So how they do on Saturday against Denver, uh, very interested to see in that one and one of the first games of the day. We actually have three 11 a.m. starts this week, partially due to that weather up in the Northeast. Virginia and Richmond. I don't need to say much about this one, except that Virginia wants to win this one, and they want to win this one bad. Virginia lost to Richmond last year. It was the Cavaliers' first loss to a team from Virginia since 19, was it 70? I have it written down here. Since 1977, that is when Washington and Lee was Division One, fellas. That is when Washington and Lee was Division One in men's lacrosse, and they beat Virginia. Since then, the Cavaliers, granted, didn't have much Division One talent to play against in the, in the Commonwealth, but hadn't lost to another team from the Commonwealth since that 1977 season, and. Richmond are giving them some good battles uh, throughout its history, and they finally beat them last season. That is going to be very, very interesting in how that one goes down. I know Virginia wants that one. Richmond, on the other hand, wants to get that second one in a row, and this Richmond defense is playing very, very good right now. Jake Saunders leading the way out in front of the cage. Uh, Zach Vigou. Uh, playing very solid in the cage there at, at goal. But this Virginia uh, offense and, and even that defense as well, we saw them on Saturday, Cade Sostad and company having a tremendous day there against Ohio State. Peyton Cormier, Connor Schoenberger, who, by the way, Bobby Van Buren, we gave him props on, on, on Sunday's show, shut down uh, Schoenberger like I've never seen before. And uh, really, one of the better defense performances uh, I've seen, we've seen, I should say, so far this season came from Bobby Van Buren. I don't know if Richmond has anybody that can do that again, that can replicate that kind of performance. But going to be a, a, a good one as well and expect it to be just as competitive as it always is. Uh, but, but assuming. 
that uh, Virginia is going to be able to pull that one out. It is in Charlottesville. Again, they want to get that win. So Virginia comes in with uh, certainly with the motivation here on Saturday. UMass and Yale is on Friday. This is a game that Yale wants to uh, bounce back from. The one thing I'm watching in this one, can the Yale defense start good? They started slow against Villanova. They started slow against Penn State. They progressively get better throughout the game. They did so at times last year. And they did that in the first two games this season. So that's the one thing I'm watching in that one. Uh, Matt Note, very good goalie there for UMass. Uh, what was it? Uh, Caleb Hochman, the uh, Hochman there for um, UMass. The faceoff man has been phenomenal for them this season. And that's a UMass team that, you know, they're coming off a loss. And I, I mean, I can't remember who they lost to last week. It is escaping my mind. Excuse me, coming off, yes, coming off a loss to Boston U last week in that one. And this is a team that is uh, pretty, you know, pretty dang good and uh, I think is going to be able to, uh, you know, cause some chaos, if you will, there in a Atlantic 10 conference that I think we all can expect to be uh, pretty competitive and one of the best there in the uh, mid-major ranks. Caleb Hammett, excuse me, not Hochman, Hammett, uh, the face-off man there for UMass has been pretty strong. So uh, UMass does have some good talent there. They've got certainly you know, Gabriel Prosek, Mike Tobin, a bunch of uh, veteran playmakers as well as some younger guys there. Uh, on this Minutemen roster. So uh, we'll be interested to see how this one goes down. Uh, again, that one has been moved to Friday, as has been Harvard and Vermont. Another interesting one there. I really want to see who wins that one. And I'm not going to be able to watch that one live uh, due to the time it's at. So I'm going to watch that one later, later tomorrow night. Uh, but that's going to be a... Very interesting one in terms of, I think we, we can kind of see exactly where those teams are um, at this point in the season. They're not quite top 20 caliber. Uh, I don't even know if they're, and I have them on the top 20 at one point, but I, I'm not sure if they're right outside of it or closer to 25. So I think that could tell you s some interesting things there in that one. Uh, Syracuse and Duke is on Sunday. Duke, can you do it again? Can you have the offensive tactic, attack that you had last week? Can you do it again? Can you consistently have that kind of offensive performance here? That's what I'm watching for Duke in that one. For Syracuse, your defenses seem to take a step back. I don't think you need to change much offensively. I think Johnny Vacusa we'll see what he does with the dot here. Face-off has not been a, a, a good situation. Certainly wasn't last week there for Syracuse. Vacusa is a good player. Um, I think Nasa is better than him. So I think you have a 
you, you're on the uh, downside in that regard. Your offense is pretty good with Joey Spelina, Alex Simmons, and company. Can the defense step back up? Uh, Will Mark, don't hang him out to dry. Johns Hopkins and St. Joseph's and Rutgers and Utah, two good Big Ten games to watch over the weekend, or games involving Big Ten teams, I should say. Uh, Rutgers coming off of that 10 to 6 win over Loyola last week. Mentioned they beat St. John's 20 to 6 on Tuesday night. They host Utah, who uh, gave Hopkins a good battle last week in that one. So, an interesting battle there in Piscataway. You've got Hopkins and uh, St. Joseph's. This is the second time and first time since 1999 that the Hawks are facing the Blue Jays. This one is at Homewood Field. I think this is this is the one for me. Hopkins. If you are actually like we saw Hopkins start good with that win over over Jacksonville. We saw them beat Georgetown. The Georgetown win doesn't look as good as it did. Um we've seen them struggle though. Been some injuries. So last week, Gabe Vosfeld got the start in cage. Uh, Ian Clamp was a first-time starter. He had a hat-trick and, one assi- and assisted on a score. Vosfeld had a solid second half. I'll be interested to see, personnel-wise, what goes on with this Hawkins team. I think they're going to lose the face-off battle to Zach Cole. The man won 100% last week against Providence. I think they're going to lose that battle. But I think the defense, and like you've got Carter Page, Levi Anderson, all these talented players for the St. Joseph's offense. This is the Hawks' big test. One of their big tests in the regular season. And non-conference play. This is a chance for them to make a statement win against a Big Ten team. And this is also a chance for Hopkins to... And I know they beat Utah last week. Wasn't the prettiest win. But a chance for Hopkins to say, hey, we're back. Not holistically, but when I'm talking about week to week, we're back. We're heading back in the right direction here in 2023. My picks for the week, UNC Denver, I'm picking UNC. Ohio State and Cornell, I am picking Cornell in that one. Princeton and Georgetown, I am picking the Tigers in that one. Maryland and Notre Dame, I am picking Maryland. Penn State and Penn. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. However, I'm going with the Nittany Lions. I think they get the second upset win in uh, as many weeks. Syracuse and Duke, I am taking Duke in that one. All right, folks, this has been... The Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. As always, you can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.